0: but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Listen in for tangible tips and advice for growing your business from those who have been there. Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. So today I'm joined by Terry and Sarah from the Females Who Side Hustle and Save Her Seat podcast. Thank you both so much for joining me here today. Thank you for having us. We love
1: podcasting, obviously.
0: (laughs) Of course. Well, I'm so excited. So to dive on in, how about we have just both of you introduce yourselves and just tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, sure. Yep. Sarah looked at me because... (laughs) We know the routine. (laughs) I usually go first, uh, which is a really cool part about having a business partner, obviously, but I'm sure we'll talk about that. My name is Terry Canistero. I am 39 years old, live in Niagara Falls with my husband and two kids and new additions of two guinea pigs. I must say that because my son is an animal lover and they're actually super cute. So super excited to have them. And I actually just quit the corporate life. The People-Pleasing Life, I I did that for probably like 15, 20 years, and it was exhausting. And I was lucky enough to see the light, in my opinion, and move on to the Freelance uh, world, I don't really have my elevator pitch down, but I think that's part of the beauty of like a new direction and a new sort of take on life. I call myself Terry Two Point because uh, I do feel like I'm uh, learning a better version of myself, a happier, healthier life. So that's where I'm at right now. Love it. Yes, we do have a bit of a routine, and I'll say like I was like nervous. We haven't podcasted like been interviewed been interviewed in yeah. a long time, so. I love that it kind of like gets you back in the flow of things. But I am Sarah Singleton, the other half of the Nelson Side Hustle and the Sabre Receipt Podcast. I work in student leadership in my nine to five and in my five to nine or five till whatever time. <laughs> I do social media I social media management, podcast editing. You kind of name it in the social space. I love to have my hands in it. Um, and in addition to that. I've added some, some travel into my life recently, which has been um nice and a privilege to do that with the love opening back up.
0: Amazing. I love it. So I guess diving into that, do you want to tell us a little bit about first, you know, how did you two get into business together and sort of the start of Females Who Side Hustle?
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite stories of life. <laughs> so in my previous corporate world, I was a professor at a college and Sarah was one of my students so that was a long time ago Yes. we have known each other for quite some time and we actually weren't super close in that situation but it was a post-grad program where and at a college level so if anyone's experienced that like you know we the students know the professors the professors know the students it's a really cool dynamic in that sort of situation and it was an event planning so you really have to work together a lot. So we really got to know each other well, but like I said, not super close. But Sarah then actually got hired at the same institution that I was at. And so then we became colleagues. And Sarah, which you'll find through uh, this podcast, um, or if you're a fan already, which is really cool, you already know she's one of the biggest hype girls. She's got such a vibe. She's so creative. She just, like, a lot of people gravitate towards her, as did I. And I was actually off on um, my maternity leave. I have always side hustled. I've always had some sort of thing on the side that was really starting by passion, but then, you know, when you start to make extra money and you can do extra things, it feels really good. And so my side business for a very long time was wedding planning. And as when Sarah was a student, she swore, I remember up and down. I will not, I will not leave this program doing wedding. Like legitimately. She was like, there's no, like there's anytime I taught her anything like in class, she's like, no, I'm not learning. Cause I don't care about weddings. <laughs> well, she did learn and then go into the wedding industry. So I knew that when I was on maternity leave, I could actually trust Sarah, which <laughs> I don't have trust issues, but when you are working with clients so closely and then a life thing happens, like sorry, I actually have to care for my baby and not do your wedding. Cause sometimes, you know, you're booked about a year out. I knew that handing over my brides to Sarah was like a no brainer. So that's when we started to get a little bit more connected. And then when I was starting to come back to, um, or like kind of ending my maternity leave, I really felt isolated. Like I felt I've actually created both, uh, two of my businesses while on maternity leave, one with my son, one with my daughter. So my brain is so hyperactive And it never stops, regardless if I'm a mom or not. So I really felt drawn and I actually couldn't even put it into a full sentence, but I felt really drawn about community, felt really drawn about female empowerment, community, and just like-minded people around me. And I honestly couldn't put any more than that together. So when I was back from maternity leave, I was like, who could help me? Like, who could like piece this together in my brain? And right away, Sarah came to mind. So I emailed her, sat over coffee for an hour. And legitimately, by the end of that hour coffee, we came up with the name female suicide hustle. And by end of day, Sarah had our Instagram started with our logo. Mm -hmm. And again, we didn't have a business plan. We didn't sit down and really write anything down. We just knew that we both kind of had this drawn to community, female empowerment, like-minded people, and wanted to support people who wanted to fill their different cups. And we knew that people were doing that through side hustles from their nine to five. And Terry and I are 10 years apart. So we just thought, you know, if we're 10 years apart, there's this whole missed demographic that's searching for this sense of community or we can help people who are maybe at my stage or Terry's stage and want to connect, like Terry said, with like minded, motivated individuals who are just doing lots of things. And it, I think we sat down and we said, you know, the average millionaire or person has seven streams of income. So why not focus on you know, if you have a passion or if you want to bring another income, how can we support that? Uh, there was a bit back then like this sort of stigma around like side hustle Oh yeah. Like, ooh, like you couldn't tell your full-time job what you were doing or if you had a side hustle it meant you wanted to leave your full-time where well, that can be the case sometimes but now it's more widely talked about and we we laugh at any time we we meet anyone we end up by the end of the conversation being like you should start that as a business have you ever thought about having a podcast just these conversations that we're passionate about and wanted to create on both a professional and a personal level. That's the kind of people we wanted to surround ourselves with. Um, And we couldn't find that already there, so we decided to create it.
0: Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And I think it's such an important area because especially with entrepreneurs and people who have side hustles, you know, being able to find that community is, is huge, especially those that kind of know what you're going through. They can relate to it. You can talk about everything you're going through and they can understand that. So how did you really start building up the community once you had this idea and sort of knew that's direction you wanted to go? How did you sort of start building that all together?
1: Yeah, we really focused on it being online, which is kind of a full circle moment when we hit the pandemic because we we launched it on Instagram. Just going to put it out there, see what people are up to, see what people want. It was very inspirational, ton of quotes. It filled my creative cup, being able to go in and create graphics and then post it. We've shared a lot at the beginning was posts that were like, tag your... People in sport, tag your people in beauty, tag your people in wellness so that we can start creating community and and our kind of premise or tagline is that we want to be able to say we've got a gal for that. You always hear in conversations, oh, I've got a guy for that. I've got a guy for that. We wanted to change that kind of narrative and be able to always be able to refer someone for whatever we were looking for across any industry, um, refer another gal for that. So we really started to build that connection across industries. We didn't necessarily focus on one industry. Um, And it kind of just evolved from there where people were were like, when can we meet in person? Yeah. yeah. And we were like, wait, what? (laughs) You want to meet up in person? And so then we started doing meetups. We did coffee meetups. We did our first event where it was very conversational, which again, had like some foreshadowing to the podcast in a way. Um, We did our first brunch that was a a live interview that it was called Save Her Seat, which again, snowballed into the podcast. So we truly just evolved with our business. Like we launched and went with whatever came our way. Um, No expectations, which I think was great. And then we were able to take any opportunity um, that came our way to continue to grow. Yeah, and then how that led, Sarah's been talking a lot, how it kind of led to the podcast. Again, a bit of a funny story. So, we were about a year into the business, and yeah, we were just listening to our community. We were listening to the DMs. We were answering questions through the post like, how do I? You know, register my business. And I was like, sweet, we just did that. I'm going to make an ebook for that because I want to be able to help people. And I don't want them to not do something because it's too hard to find that information. We kind of wanted to be a hub for that. So that's kind of how we did it. We both had our nine to fives then we were doing, you know, just connecting every once in a while. What about this? Let's try this. And Sarah at the time actually lived about an hour away from work. And every day I would see her, she's like, oh, I heard this on a podcast. And I heard that on a podcast and I was listening to a podcast and legitimately, like I, I do not lie. I had never listened to a podcast. It wasn't, I didn't even have the app on my phone. I was nothing, but something clicked in me one day where I was learning so much from Sarah listening to podcasts. And I was like, wait, we need to start a podcast. She's like, excuse me. (laughs) I was like, you don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> what do you mean we need to start a podcast? I just thought it was so powerful that I was being, you know, taught and encouraged and fulfilled by the information that Sarah was hearing off a podcast and then relaying to me. I wanted to be a part of that kind of conversation and I knew that you know, podcasts were growing at that time. They were, they were already pretty big, but some people again were like me and they just hadn't listened to it. Like it didn't really like jump right out of them as a resource for self-improvement, for learning, you know? And I did convince Sarah. She thought about it for a very long time. I was very persistent and we thought, we kind of do everything. Like January is like our start for things. We started female suicide hustle in January of 2019. We started our podcast in January of 2020. I we just kind of always go with the flow for the year and then the, like Sarah said Q4, we just come up with these ideas. So by Q4 of 2019, I had her convinced and then we started all the prep work for it. and honestly it's been the connections that we've made has elevated. Anything we ever thought that we could reach in this community of female Who Side Hustle and now obviously is safe receipt.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's so, it's so incredible. I think it's great that, you know, like you said, you've just evolved with the business and sort of taking the opportunities as they came. And once you decided to start the podcast, how did you sort of go about learning that process and sort of, you know, where it's the things that you didn't expect to come up throughout it and, you know, um, just sort of what you kind of learned along the way of that?
1: Yeah, I think, again, it's a nod to the flexibility and the change that we've had to make amidst the pandemic. But we launched the podcast with the intention of always recording in person. That was our vibe. We had a studio we would go into, we would invite them there, we would have these conversations. And it was hard for us when we couldn't do that anymore to, I think, feel that spark we felt recording in person. But I, I mean, it took maybe a couple weeks of having to make a shift and realizing, okay, this isn't going anywhere. Now, what can we do with this? Like, how can we turn this hurdle into a win for us? And the reach that we were able to exceed, being able to do it online versus kind of pigeonholing ourselves pigeon-holding? Pigeon-holding <laughs> into. I don't want to hold a pigeon. <laughs> into just doing in person interviews. Obviously, we didn't have the means to be flying across the country or into different provinces where our guests have now been worldwide. So I think a challenge was deviating from our initial plan, Mm -hmm. which is like anything in life. You have a set plan. You have your mindset on how you want to do it. It does take a little bit to switch gears Um, on the technical side. Between Terry and I, we're pretty tech savvy on the back end. We can figure things out. And we just grew with our show. That Mm -hmm. was kind of our thing. We always said, you can grow with your show. You can change it. You can evolve it. It was very difficult, I think, for Terry (laughs) to go through changes with um, format of show. Because the way her brain is, she has a beautiful mind and such a creative, hardworking brain. But it has to make sense yeah. in her calculated way mm-hmm. uh, for it to to come to kind of fruition. And so I'll let Terry speak a little bit more about that. But I know that that was a challenge um, that we worked through as well. Yeah, and I think that was to pinpoint something about the podcast that extends further than just mics and you know a recording device for that matter or like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, is it literally has taught us to be, well, me more so, uh, flexible and more flexible in life. Like I, again, I was very regimented. I, you know, I did a lot of years of schooling. I was an event planner. Like you have to go by your timelines. You have to be, you know, very calculated at very all like all the times or things just won't work out and your client won't be happy. And so that's how I trained my brain for so many years that I didn't, like, that's the way it had to be. And, and I think I was very um, aware that podcasting can take some time. So at the beginning, I was very scared that if I jumped, even though I convinced you, so I don't even know why that kind of, I don't know, worked in my brain, but if I jumped two feet in, I have a family that always comes first. It like, it has to come first. I have to care for my children. So I didn't want it to be like willy nilly. Like I didn't want it to be like, Oh, one week, we're going to put it out one week we're not that kind of thing. So the least amount that I thought that not a least amount, the the commitment, the commitment that I could commit to was every other week. And Sarah's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I kind of did. I set up that boundary. i was like, this is the way it needs to be. If we're going to make this happen. And I really want to make it happen. So is there any flex on that? And she's phenomenal. So yes, she flexed on it, but then we saw like, she proved to me, she showed me everyone who's like, you guys need to be doing this every week. Like I miss you a week and a, oh, a week between is too long. And I saw, um, that Yes, okay. If we get into this routine and this schedule, I think I can make it every week. So, flexibility for me is something that I learned, which I think, if you know your community listening, is that's a really big part of being a business owner, whether it's just you know like your side hustle or a podcast or anything in life, Um, being able to be a little bit flexible and starting something, knowing that it might change and pivot based on whatever, if it's personal reasons or based on your clients or your audience, I think is a really good lesson that we learned that I think we do a really good job about, you know, helping people through if those are some of the hurdles that they have in their business. And I think finding solutions too, because I totally understood where Terry was coming from and that she didn't want to over commit and under deliver in that, okay, if we're going to do a podcast, I don't want to say I'm going to be able to show up every week and record because once something happened. So once we did move forward with wanting to do every week, release an episode, we just found a way to make that work. And that for us was batching episodes Mm -hmm. and making sure that we were conscious in those interviews to not timestamp ourselves and say, you know, it's Christmas around the corner when maybe that episode wouldn't come out until February because we've batched so many. So those are things you learn along the way. And at the end of the day, I've never once turned off a podcast because they said, you know, it's January and I'm listening to it in March. Mm -hmm. So it's just some of those things as recovering perfectionists (laughs) and people pleasers that you grow through as you um, get further into your business and learn more podcasts.
0: Mm-hmm. I absolutely definitely agree. And I think that's really great advice, both on the business side and the podcast side. And what sort of advice would you give to someone if maybe right now they're on the fence of starting a podcast, maybe something you wish you knew when you started? And also, do you think you know anyone can really start a podcast? Could it benefit any business? Or is it certain types you think could benefit? Uh, a little bit about that, because I know that you also help others start their own podcasts as well. So I'd love to hear on that.
1: Yes. Everybody needs a podcast. Every single person needs (laughs) a podcast. There is a niche for everyone. There is something the average person listens to a minimum of seven podcasts per week. So if you think it's like, oh, it's just going to be another podcast out there, think again. You have something to say. You have something to bring to the table. And whether you have 10 listeners or 10,000 listeners, if that's giving you some sort of release into a creative outlet or a space or whatever it is, it's a benefit. So, it can be, like we said, a passion driven project. It can be a stream of revenue for a business. But I do think that anyone who is having conversations and having com- the same conversation, or if you find yourself having the same conversation over again, think about developing a podcast into that because why not have that resource there for people to refer to back and back again so that you can maybe have energy for other conversations or to like move it forward say, like, go back and listen to this episode. And then let's chat about X, Y, Z, kind of the next step. So I, we are very passionate about podcasting, yes, <laughs> but I do, I think anyone can have a podcast. It is something I was there when Terry was like, we need to start a podcast. And I was like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about. We don't know what goes into that. I don't know what equipment we need. I don't know what work we need. I don't know what software we need. I don't know how to get off Apple and Spotify. Let me tell you it is way more it's attainable so easy than you think it's very yeah. overwhelming to think about, but you can start and run a podcast on a budget. We've recorded episodes with just the voice note app on our phone And you do not need a big fancy studio if you got one Kudos right? to you. <laughs> that's pretty cool too. but it's not necessary. yeah, and I definitely think that there. Again, kind of going back to that flexibility. So we have uh, grown with our show, as we say, and the people that we've coached through starting their podcast, no podcast the same. Everyone brings a different flair, a different spice, a different vision to the table. And I think that's actually what's so beautiful about podcasting. And someone's going to resonate with what you're saying. Someone's going to resonate the way you do your intros versus how somebody else does their intros. You really can do whatever it is or whatever flow, whatever type of structure that you want to do. And then I think like advice for anybody listening, whether it's a podcast or anything, literally no one I have come across and I would bet a lot of money. No one has ever said, I wish I started later. It really is just one of those things that if you're thinking about it, put some time into it. As Sarah said, it is way more attainable than we ever thought. I thought, yeah, like in movies and things, when you watch like someone editing something or like you know, you watch a music video and they're in this big studio with all these buttons and whatever. I'm like, ah, I, I can't do that. Nor do I think that I could hire someone at this point in our business because we're just starting out. We're not monetizing. I can't pay for that. Like, I don't know what that is. And I'm telling you right now, it is so much more attainable. The only fee at the end of the day is your hosting site. Like you really can do it on a budget. And that's probably, you know, on average about, let's just say $20 a month, you really can do things with the free versions of everything that's out there. And there's a lot of really good communities that can help you over and above us, over and above Facebook, things like that. There's a lot of great resources out there that if you just kind of looked into it, you, you would realize that it's very, very, um, and I don't want to say easy, like I'm diminishing the work we put into it, but it's it you can do it anyone can do it yeah Mm -hmm.
0: i definitely agree and i think that's what i really love about podcasts is that it is so accessible for people to start and also you know with like you said how everyone brings their own perspectives to it and so even though someone might say there's lots of you know pop culture podcasts out there you know you might listen to more than one like i know i listen to multiple business podcasts so i think there's always An audience for everyone, and I think that everyone has their own voice that can really be shared through podcasts. So I definitely agree, and I think that that's really great advice for anyone who is thinking to sort of get into that space. And I'm curious too because you both are uh, business owners together as well as co-hosts. And so, do you have any advice for people who are looking to find a business partner to go in with or a co-host as well? Sort of any tips and sort of you know how you find that right match.
1: Yeah, we do have lots of advice on this. I think we've talked about this before on like, you know, if you're thinking you want to do it with someone, don't let that hinder you, but definitely take it to an account that two brains can sometimes be better than one. Like it is great for us. We're on different schedules. We're on different like stages life of life. Trace. Yeah. So <laughs> I just think, look outside of the box of that. A lot of people think look, like, I need to find someone, someone who's like me. I need to find my clone when really you need to find someone who has a complementary skill set to you so that you can cover more bases in your business. Um, that would be a piece of advice that I have is don't look for your coffee, right? Like don't look for your coffee or your prototype, like look for something, um, a little bit different. Yeah, I definitely think we are hands down proof of that. And I think we do talk a lot about that. We share different stages that we're in and we really make it work. Again, it goes back to that flexibility. I, some of the people we have talked about in our community who have started podcasts with us or who um, have just kind of sent it to DM like, oh, you know, I'm interested. A lot of people do kind of get stuck. Like nobody just wants to hear my voice. Don't get me wrong. Yes you again, bring something to the table that nobody else will. I understand that it's a little bit more easy. You know, in our intros, we're going back and forth about our, you know, life updates, our current obsessions, our mean moods. We kind of talk about whatever we want and it's like a flow. So if you're really focused on that, like Sarah said, don't kind of look in front of you, look to the sides, like chat it out with random people, chat it out with someone on your volleyball team, talk about it with somebody at work. You kind of never know you know, who else is kind of thinking the same thing. And then I think along the way, especially working with a co-host and also like a business partner in general, we've done, at the beginning, we didn't have many boundaries set up. And I know that's like a, you know, a hot term these days. And like, what is it? Like, what are our boundaries? How do I implement them? That kind of thing. But I think along the way we started to introduce them and we were just very respectful that, we're going through different times in our life and we're growing. We've been in business now for three years and hope to do it for many more years and many more life things are going to show up and come up. So when it comes to that, again, I was very, a type, very, you know, focused on things. I like things done a certain way. And Sarah flexes a little bit differently than me. And I had to realize that if we're going to make this work, that I had to take a little bit of what she was, you know, bringing to the table and mix it in with what I was bringing to the table. And I honestly think it's so beautiful to be able to do that. Um, we do joke that I am married to two different people, my husband, Justin, and then Sarah. <laughs> I have two marriages um, and they're both very different and both very lovely. So I think it's one of those things um, And truthfully, like I'm a very, you know, emotional, feely kind of person. And if anything that I've learned by taking the leap and and trying these things as, you know, starting a community um, and starting a podcast is I've grown so much as a human being that I am so very grateful. Like if everything was taken away from me, if the podcast world just crashed tomorrow, I would still be so very grateful about how. I grew as a person, you know, there's so many layers to starting something new and trying new things that I think it's really worth trying and starting.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I I think especially, you know, finding that right fit, I think having those different opinions is always great too. you know, when it is with a co-host and things like that, being able to bounce those ideas back and forth is always definitely a great way to go about it as well. So I know we talked a little bit about community, especially in entrepreneurship. And I know something that I've found with a lot of entrepreneurs is it definitely can be a lonely process. And that's why I think it's so great when there is, you know, resources in communities like Female Who Side Hustle to bring people together. And so is this something that you have found, you know, speaking with other entrepreneurs and sort of what advice do you guys have for anyone who maybe is going through that right now?
1: Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest things that we realized and kind of started saying to people that entrepreneurship doesn't have to be a lonely road anymore. It can feel very isolating, it can feel very overwhelming, like you no know one, even if you have a partner, not a partner in business, but a partner in life and you're you're trying to explain something to them, they're not always going to get it. That's another reason why we love a co-founder is because that's someone who's got got as much skin in the game as you and they really do get like I don't want to say like the severity of things, but when something seems like it's like world crashing to you in your business and someone else is like, I don't really understand what the big deal is or what you're talking about. Someone else is sitting there kind of in it with you and they validate your feelings, whether they be an overreaction or just an overwhelming amount of feelings at the time. And then you're like, okay, I can get through this. But so many entrepreneurs, business owners, creators, creators, feel alone in the space. And I think that community helps open the doors that it's like a very large world out there when it can feel so isolating. So I think it's great, again, that we have so many different people across different industries that can connect on the same pain points. And I think that's Conversation starter and gives you that sense of ease. Like, oh, it's not just me hitting this hurdle, or this happens. Like, so many people are feeling this at this stage. I will get through it. Yeah. And I think, I think to add to what Sarah's saying is if we had any sort of advice, you know, join the Facebook groups, you know, follow Phenomen's side Suicide Hustle. Read the quotes, kind of hear the stories, and be like, "Oh yeah, like I felt that." To let that kind of sink in that you aren't alone. But one thing that I think, like, this would be my one uh, piece of advice, and it's scary and daunting at the beginning. So I get that a lot of people don't do it at the beginning. But once you, you know, you're in the waves of entrepreneurship, like you, you know, you're off the beach, you're you know, on your surfboard, and you're like going, and you feel comfortable, you got your feet sort of planted. My Are because I know Sarah agrees. The one thing that I would highly suggest is reach out to people in your same industry, and I know that goes against everything that like media and our upbringings and whatever is you know goes against. Like, no, she's my competition, like, I can't. No, you can and you should. And one of the reasons why I say that is because if you find the right person, sure, you might. So I make, you know, scarves for a living. I'm wearing a scarf. That's why I picked that <laughs> as of the example. So I make scarves. I sew scarves for a living. I might reach out to five other makers to, you know, problem solve about how to get into the markets, problem solve about how to get more sustainable uh, packaging, whatever it is, or just even just to have a friend who knows, Right. You might reach out to five. You might get three that never answer you back. You might get one is kind of like, "Like, hey, what do you want?" But you might hit one where you guys can actually share and exchange resources and still stay in your own lane and support each other. Because there's nothing more, yeah, uh, isolating than feeling or always focusing on people in the same industry as you as your competition. Flip that that script. Think of them as resources. Think about them as friends who's doing what you're doing, but in their own way, and you're doing it in your own way. If you can overcome that, I've had a lifetime, 39 years of not necessarily feeling 100% confident in my own skin, always feel like I'm being judged, You know, don't want to put my face in front of you know something because I'm afraid of the judgment. I'm just recently getting over that and I'm telling you it's life-changing. So it can be business changing as well to make a couple friends. And again, it doesn't have to be scarves necessarily that you're reaching out to, but somebody else who is sort of have a same business model in a sense, like if you're a maker that is always going to the festivals and going to the, you know, um, markets, then, you know, reach out to someone. So they're a candle maker, you're a scarf maker, but you still have that pretty, you know, common ground to build a little community between the two of you and have a friend to say, hey, like, let's support each other. Let's help each other out because it 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 is in general and naturally organically isolating, but you can make it more isolating by not kind of embracing the community over competition sort of mindset. Um, so that would be one of the biggest advice that I have is drop that. It does no good for you to always see everyone as competition. Make a friend in your community and I'm telling you it'll be life-changing. Yeah, if you have a mindset of collaboration over competition, you will only excel you forward. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that comes to mind is that surround yourself with people who are in the next level to you or more quote-unquote successful to you, whatever that version of success is that you're wanting to attain because that's only going to push you and motivate you to level up. Like don't look at them as like, how did they get there or must be nice? Like really embrace that as a support and as motivation to
0: get there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think it definitely can be scary sort of making that step. But I think people will be surprised, especially with female entrepreneurs, they are always willing to help each other, they're always willing to do what they can. And even if they can't help you, um, people will always direct you in a direction that can, um, or some sort of resource or another person or stuff. So I just think the community as a whole is always willing to lift each other up. So I think just it's such a great advice. And I think it's great to sort of have that mentality of the, of having a community over competition. Cause I, like you said, it definitely will sort of level you up no matter what. And, you know, you, sp- you spoke about pain points there with the business. And do you want to talk about maybe some of the challenges you've really had to overcome with building your business or even, you know, just growing it or just along the way sort of challenges that you've had and sort of how you overcame those.
1: Yeah. I think the one thing that we're, because like we had mentioned that we're kind of, you know, thinking about Q4 or in Q4, we're talking about uh, 2023. I think we've just come to the realization about how much the pandemic actually kind of side swiped us. They didn't, it didn't pull the rug out from under our feet because we were already an online community. So we were able to do that, but we were focusing, I would say, a good 70% of our business. Um, to in person things because that's what our community wanted. They wanted the conferences, they wanted the swag bags, they wanted the coffee meetups, they wanted the dinners where we were going to highlight, you know, our community. So come to this dinner and you know uh, you're like the sponsor for the dinner and we're gonna you know talk about your business kind of thing. Like we had so many ideas for the in person. So when the pandemic hit, we we're like, okay, we can't do these. But then we kind of just were like. Not what can we do? We were just kind of going with the flow and not giving it the weight, like not giving our same sort of brain dump power growth strategy that we had given in the earlier stages of our business. And I think right now we've we've come to terms with that. We're like, okay, cool. We wrote out the unpredictable wave that was twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two We wrote it out. We're good but like now what do we want? So we're actually, in my mind, I feel like we're at a stage where we, not that we have to go back to basics, but we definitely have to like regroup harder than we've had to before. And that was a bit of a weird process in my head because I was going through so many things personally as well. During the pandemic is when I decided to leave my corporate job. And as I mentioned, I'm kind of growing into Terry 2.0. So I just realized that I have to make these changes personally to then be able to give that to my business. And hopefully I communicated that well enough to Sarah that she was like, okay, cool. Like, okay, again, we're we're on the way, we're riding it, we're good, we're not sinking, but we're not like excelling, but we know at some point we will excel. And that was a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my head around, but I think it's the reality of business, however you wanna articulate it. Everyone goes through Waves and sinks and floats and whatever analogy that you want to throw out there, so I think that was one of the like realizations that I think we've we did survive the pandemic, and we're very grateful for that. Did we excel as much as we wanted to? No, but we still have time to do that so again, it's just you know being giving yourself a little bit more grace once you're kind of hit with those hurdles and knowing that um it you can't. Uh, go through those waves overnight. You just you can't do anything overnight. Time is of the essence, and time sometimes is very hard. Um, time zones specifically, <laughs> but um, so yeah, I think it's just that learning curve that sometimes you could be on such a trajectory up and everything feels good, and your bank account looks good, and everything's great. Um, and then sometimes you have to come to the realization, oh, okay, we didn't make as much as we thought we were going to this quarter. How do we, you know, pivot and figure it out? Or do we just ride it out and see what happens? So that would be the most current, you know, challenge that I think we faced. Um, that's just the reality of this I think one that comes to mind early on was getting stuck on vanity metrics mm, and getting yeah. online in the social space and really wanting to hit that 10 K so that we could have a swipe up. And I will tell you, we had a swipe up for two days The <laughs> updated and gave everyone a link. And I can just, that's, was a realization for me that it does not matter. It made no large difference no, not a, from nothing. then to now. And we've sat at that 10K, 10 and a half K mark for over a year now. And I think people need to focus more on fostering the community that you have. And you can have a lucrative business within your community if you have valuable content and bringing something of service and of need to that niche community versus having to continue and grow and grow and grow and grow that influx because there are people out there who have tens of hundreds of thousands of followers, but they have little to no return on that investment or yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't convert to sales in that way. So that's something that we've started early on in valuing the community that's there yeah. versus all. I mean, growth is always great, but growth doesn't always mean in more followers. So I think it's just looking past those metrics as the only measure of success.
0: Mhm. Absolutely. I definitely agree and I think a lot of entrepreneurs can probably relate to sort of both of those challenges to overcome and and sort of ways to go about that. And on the other side of that, has there been sort of any big big highlights that really stand out to each of you that, you know, is almost like a pinch me moment throughout your business journey?
1: Oh, for sure. Mhm. On top of all of the amazing conversations that we've been able to have, I think every single podcast guest and episode we have been, you know, perfecting our craft in interviewing or whatever it may be. And we've turned off the call sometimes and been like, did we just like talk to that person for an hour and got an hour of their time? Like that's a very aha moment. But I think on top of that is the partnerships that we've been able to create along the way. And again, you think you, you have to get to a certain point or status to be able to monetize and create these partnerships, but we have worked with brands, you know, we've worked with DHL, with Smart Speech, with Athleta, with Kitsch, like that they've reached out to us and said, we want to send you this or we want to work with you. And those emails you have to double check that i'm like is this real yeah yeah that always happens to me actually because and they usually come in there at the end of the day which is my boundary i have to stop working around 3 p.m like 3 to 6 is snack time making dinner time getting ready for sports time like sarah knows but if i see a phone call from sarah at like (laughs) 505 It's a serious call. It's a serious call I'm picking up. And it's usually she's like, oh my God, did you check the email. I'm like, no, you know, I didn't check the email. Tell me what is going on. And she's like, oh, we're just getting emails. and They want to pay us to do an ad. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Like we get so excited about it. And I think some of the other like smaller, I don't not smaller. I'm starting to try to get that out of my vocabulary. But the other pinch me moments is I went into a local flower shop and I was purchasing flowers for a friend. And the girl at the cash register is like, Terry with one R and an I, cause that's part of our intro. And I was like, what? And she's like, I listen to your podcast every Thursday. I'm like, Oh, oh my God. Like I literally, I'm talking about it. And I have tears in my eyes. I had another, um, actually our this podcast episode came out just recently. I had a young entrepreneur who happened to be her brother happened to be on the same hockey team as my son. She for weeks worked on a pitch, approached me at one of the hockey games, pitched me to be on the Save Your Seat podcast at 13 years old. That to me gave me goosebumps from head to toe. I was like, yes, that is amazing. She's like, you're so inspiring. I wanted to, you know, find the right time to ask you and Sarah to be a guest on your podcast. Like I took that risk. And for me as a mom and the older one of the two at 13, there's no friggin' way I would have ever done what she did. But she had mentioned, like, I I love what you guys do. I, you guys are very inspiring. So we inspired a thirteen-year-old, and now she has experienced pitching to somebody. Who knows what kind of mountains she's going to move by the time she's thirty-nine years old? Because I know I wasn't moving those type of mountains when I was thirteen. So there's a lot behind the scenes that is so fulfilling in this role that we get to play within our community that. I will always forever be grateful for. It's just so cool.
0: That's so amazing. I I think it's just so incredible, especially the inspiration that, you know, the community you've built and the podcast you've built for so many people and just making those milestones, I think is, it, it's just so great to see. And, you know, definitely a reason to be celebrated. And, you know, I know that there's a lot going on with the podcast and the business right now. And is there some things coming up in the future that we can watch out for?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. We're both grinning ear to ear. Mm, yeah. Like we said, January is our time to shine. We like to release things around that point. We feel a fresh start for us, for other business owners, for people who are wanting to start businesses. So we will be doing a bit of a facelift for our, you know, Suicide Hustle community. Um, So watch out for that. As always, the podcast will be there. We'll be having more conversations. Format might look the same or different, but nothing major major we do have a couple pokers in the fire yeah is <laughs> yeah is that the right term we have a lot of like um you know yeah I guess it's pokers in the fire I was, I'm visualizing some sort of like table with something that's on there that I keep going like yeah is this like is this gonna happen is this gonna go so we have brain dump we have We're in the, you know, creative mode of what do people want? What can we do? What do we have the capacity to do? What do we see our future to be? Um, So there's always something new, I think, that's going to come. And I think it's taking a look at what we already offer. So like you said, people can work with us to start their business, to start their podcast, to grow their show, to monetize their show. To figure out how to increase their revenue or multiple streams of revenue, whatever it is. So now we're kind of just niching down on how to deliver that. Yeah, deliver how people can us. access it. Yeah. So that's kind of what people can look forward to in the year is, yeah, those resources spinning in different ways.
0: Amazing. Well, I can't wait to see all that's to come and all of those future plans coming together. And I always like to just end with a quick rapid fire segment. If you just want to say the first thing yeah. that comes to your mind. Okay. So owning your own business means
1: freedom, flexibility,
0: one word to describe your business.
1: Ooh, one word to describe our business. Community. I want a Wholesome just came to my head. I don't know why. I'm going with wholesome.
0: Uh, a female-owned business.
1: Oh, my goodness. That's like picking your favorite child. Yeah, there's we, so many. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Can I give two shout-outs? Sure, yeah. Uh, the Copper Bell and the Thinking About Podcast. Love both of those. Okay, I will do The Happy Sleep Company. And another community that we love is The Monday Girl. Ooh. Love it. A book you'd recommend? Ooh. How to Get Shit Done. Yeah, is that the title? Erin? Erin Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's it. I will say... Oh, the defining decade, why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now. Perfect.
0: A lifesaver for your business. So, this could be a specific platform. This could be a planner, just something you couldn't live without
1: Canva. Ooh, Canva. Uh, Google Calendar
0: or the Notes app. Yes. We love the Notes Notes app app for us. (laughs) A non negotiable you have is?
1: I don't work between three and six. Yeah. I can't do it. A non-negotiable, I need to have them. Yeah, me. Sarah needs to implement them more. A non-negotiable for you? Sarah doesn't have them. Like I do, but I don't. Like in business? Hmm. I'll try anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a non-negotiable is intention and respect. I think for me is that oh, you for have sure. to do it with good intent and you have to be respected Respectful. and you know, yeah. give respect to you want to
0: love it. And the best advice you've ever received.
1: Trust your gut. Oh, ah. got that from Terry Canister. I left from as the a best students <laughs> in 2014. <laughs> But (laughs) Terry has said that since the day I met her and it is so, so true. It's so, so true. Mine lately, uh, it's been like kind of a running thing. It's my own advice. I came up with it myself is honestly, I do not want to wake up when I'm 60, 65, 70 and say, where the hell did my life go? So you, you got to do something about that right now.
0: Love it. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much for joining me here today. This was such a fun conversation and let our listeners know where they can find you online, where they can learn more about you, everything like that.
1: Yes. So you can follow us at emails for hustle on Instagram at safer seat for our podcast. We are on Apple, we're on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast with weekly episodes. You can visit our website at emails for And then give us a personal follow because we'd love to connect with all in our DMs.
0: I am by Sarah Singleton and I'm at terry.can. Amazing. Well, thank you both so much again. I can't wait to see everything that's to come with the business and just thank you so much. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Honestly, we love
1: this so much. It's thank you so much.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to Made It Happen Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And thanks again for all your support. I'll see you next week.